I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, April 3, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. From a big picture perspective, is there any change? Not really. We got into the hot zone or red zone as we're calling it. 287 to 290 is the zone. We hung around 287 for quite a while today. We closed below it. However, what you'll notice is we poked our head or the market poked its head into the red zone. That doesn't mean that's the end. That means we have achieved at least the lower end of the target that we've been discussing for quite some time long before price got here. Can we get into the higher end of the hot zone or the red zone? Yeah, we can. You got to let the market do what it's going to do. It's going to make it look like The market's reversing a few times before it actually does. This can extend for a day. This can extend for a couple of weeks. But in reality, this is really the price we were looking for. We're in the time zone we're looking for. Now it's just a matter of where do they want to take this market? What's the final destination in terms of price? We've got the minimum price target. We've got the minimum time zone. Now it's a matter of up to the market when and where it wants to put in a sign and a signal of a reversal. How do you know that? It's in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. We go over all the signals and signs of a trend change. That's what we're looking for. We're in the market right now for a top. That's what we're looking for. Maybe it came in today. Maybe it'll come in next Tuesday. One way or the other, we're in the market for a top. We don't know exactly what price it's going to come in at. We don't know exactly what day and time it's going to come in at. But what we do know is we're in the zone. We're in the market for a top. Flip around what we were doing in late December, mid to late December. We were looking for a bottom. We were looking for a low. Now we're looking for a top. It's that simple. All it is, is the mirror image of where we were. Could we blow through to all-time highs? We've talked about this before. The answer is yes. I don't necessarily think we will, but we have to be aware that, of course we can. I'm not saying I'm going to be right 100% of the time. Of course I'm not. I'm looking for a top. I'm looking for something I can trade against. If I have that, If I have to lose and I find myself wrong on a trade, the loss is going to be small and fast. That's what I'm looking for. That's risk management. That's at least part of risk management. Looking down at a 10-minute chart, you'll see the market gapped higher this morning but got stuck right around 287. It's funny how that works. Tried to bust through it a little bit but came around back to 287 and then certainly below filled the gap, bantered back and forth, but we can't really read into any of this activity whatsoever because when we look at an hourly or the daily chart, all we really did was come back to fill a gap and we got stuck above the 20-period moving average on the hourly chart. It's in an uptrend on the hourly chart. It's in an uptrend on the daily chart. 
That's all we need to know. As far as we're concerned, the trend is our friend until it's over. Right now, we are getting a little extended from home base. We know what happens when we get extended from home base. The market generally doesn't like to get too far away from home base. So what happens is either we go sideways for a while, allowing home base to creep up to price, or the market will pull back or correct a little bit, coming back toward home base. One thing or the other, the market just doesn't like to get too far away from home base. That doesn't mean we can't go higher. We certainly can. Right now, we're in the zone, so we could have a continuation melt-up. Anything is possible. You see, we've got two resistance lines on the chart above where we really are now. Not counting 287, we already hit that today. 290, 291.72, call it 292, it doesn't really matter. You can manipulate the numbers up and down 50 cents either way. These are rounding errors when you're up in this kind of stratosphere. If the market's going to bust through and make new highs, it's going to let us know. It's going to do it on institutional buying. It's going to do it on heavy volume. It's going to be across the board. It's going to be in the IWM. It's going to be in the tech sector. It's going to be in the Dow. It's going to be in the S&P and everything under the sun. So if we get that, we'll know it when we see it. And if we're in a short position at the time, we'll know where we're wrong, and that's the way we manage our risk. Right now, I'm not in a short position because the market has not given a signal of a trend change. It hasn't necessarily said, hey, this rally's over. We continue to go higher every single day. Today looks like a down day because it's a red candle, but it's not because we closed higher than we closed yesterday. That's an up day. We closed below the opening print, but that doesn't mean much where we are today. It has meaning from an intraday trading perspective, but from a daily chart perspective right now, based on the fact that the market's doing what it's doing, that is completely meaningless. What's the bogey on the downside? What would give me the first hint or first clue, piece of evidence that this rally was over? Well, it would really be a close below, even an hourly close. That would be the starting point. An hourly close and then certainly a daily close below the low from the first, which was April Fool's Day, that low. That would be the bogey on the downside. But I got to tell you, even if we were trading down there and we were even trading for a couple of hours down in that neighborhood, I would think that would be really the beginning of the Bears taking the ball from the Bulls and not allowing higher prices. And I think that would be the beginning of the end. But officially, it would have to be on a daily close below the low from April 1st. What are we looking for on the upside? Well, here's the thing. So everybody's looking at the big fat round number of 2,900, 290 in the SPY. Everybody would be looking there. So one of two things is likely to happen. Either it comes up short or it spikes through or it hits it and banters back and forth for several days, kind of reaches above it, comes below it. Those kind of things are unpredictable. We don't necessarily know exactly where this market's going to stop. Therefore, all we need to do is wait for the market to put in a sign and a signal of a trend change. Where do you find that? You find that in the course at LazyEminiTrader.com. What's going on over in Camp IWM these days? No real change. 
Basically, it was interesting. The IWM was up more than the Spider today, so it had relative strength, but it began to give up the Ghost earlier than the Spider, having an indication, or at least providing an indication, that things were going to roll over a little bit. You don't know that. Volume across the board was non-existent. It's almost like there was a trader strike going on out there. There's not a lot of buyers. There's not a lot of sellers. We kind of gap up in the morning, melt sideways for a while, and then they gave up the ghost. But the IWM told the tale early in the day as it started to roll over a little bit earlier than the SPY. So we can look at it this way. So you see where the high is. The high was at 11.10. This is the candle closing at 11.10 a.m. As you compare this to the SPY, here's the same 11.10 candle, okay? And you can see that in the spider, we actually went higher. We went sideways and started to try, at least, and break to the upside. That did not occur in the IWM. As you'll notice, the IWM dropped right away, made an attempt at a rally, failed, and traded sideways and then lower for the remainder of the session. So I think that's interesting. Do we read too much into that? Not really. It's just intraday activity. It's good to look at it. It's good to notice it. It's good to have our eye and our mind trained to be looking for these type of things if we are intraday traders. But from a daily chart perspective, what do we have? Well, we have the same thing we had for the last several days. We have a market that is likely not confirming a breakout in the SPY or the S&P 500. That can change. The IWM can play catch-up, but we have what we have right now, and we're going to take the answers that the chart is providing back to us every single day. When those answers change, the information changes, I'll change my story. Right now, the thought process, we don't have it, but the thought process is that the IWM is likely to make another high either at these double top areas, for example, or at a lower point, meaning a lower high, and then trade away from there. Now, if we break out to the upside, that's a different story altogether. But I'm talking about what I'm watching, potential expectations, but we don't trade on expectations. It's what I'm watching along with all the other markets. They're puzzle pieces. They're on the table one at a time. Here's an hourly chart of the IWM. And here's from another vantage point. What do we see? We see a market that didn't even fill the gap. So is that a weak or a bullish market? So it's interesting how you want to look at it. We can look at a 10-minute chart and say, the IWM started to roll over much before the spider, and that was weakness in the offing. We could look at it that way, but then if we look at a different time frame and we look at an hourly chart and we say, we never even filled the gap, stayed above all the hourly chart moving averages, there's nothing wrong with this market. All it's doing is moving sideways, setting up for another push higher. You can see how we've basically been trading in a channel. We've been stair-stepping our way higher. So what's to say that won't continue? So if we breach on the downside, that's one story that's being told, okay? But what happens if we continue up? That's a different story that's being told. If we continue up in the IWM, is it likely we're going up in the SPY, the Dow, the Qs at the same time? Yeah, that's the likely story. Breach to the downside says one thing, 
A bounce to the upside says something else. We can also look at it this way. The pullback today was nothing other than garden variety market behavior. Why? Because we hit the top portion of the channel, and what did we do? We pulled back to the bottom portion of the channel. Forget about it, whether it's to the penny or not to the penny. We gapped higher toward the top of the channel. We traded back down to the bottom of the channel. If we break to the downside, that's one thing. Other than that, what should we do? The next move is likely back to the top of the channel. At some point, this maneuvering back and forth will be over, and they will break to the downside. Until and unless that happens, this channel is intact. I would be remiss if I did not bring up a chart of the VIX. So here we have the S&P 500 up 6 points, the Dow up 39 points, the NASDAQ up 6 points, and the VIX up almost 3%. Do we read into this? Not necessarily yet, but it is an indication that traders are purchasing protection. Doesn't mean there's a top in place. This can go on for a while. It's something we notice. It's something we notate. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. It's small right now. What's doing over in the transportation department? Well, I find this interesting. A, we have a topping signal. Doesn't mean the market goes immediately down from here, but that's what we have in front of us. We take it for what it is. We take no for an answer. We take yes for an answer. We're umpires calling balls and strikes. It is what it is. Where did the transports trade to? They did not go up and fill the gap at 10850 and change. But where they did go is this breakdown candle high happens to be 10774 and change. Today's high happens to be 10763 and we fell away from that number. Here's an intraday chart so you can see what it looks like. First candle of the day, big whopper, and here we go, trading lower for the remainder of the day. We have to take something like that as meaningful information. Doesn't mean everything's going to collapse, but it's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. We could still go and fill the gap, but we want to take notice of things like this. These are the reasons why we watch other markets. These are the reasons why we look around the horn. Why do the infielders throw the ball around after an out? So everybody stays in the game. You got to stay loose. We're looking around the horn. We have to look at all the markets. We have to be in the game. We have to know where the game is being played. You have to know if clues are being provided in other markets that have a tendency to be what? Canary in the coal mines. What are the transports? A canary in the coal mine. We're watching. We're looking for a top. What do we got here? Another potential signal of a trend change. Doesn't mean the market's going down. We've read this book before. This can mark a top. It can also mark a trick trap fool and frustrate attempt from the trick trap fool and frustrate crew. So we know, but we don't know. We're on the lookout. We're looking for a top. We don't necessarily know exactly when and where it's coming from, but we're on the lookout. Could a trader trade the cues on the short side against today's high? You can, with the full understanding that they can still trade higher. 
Next stop, down at the Financial District. So we have overhead resistance at the 200-period moving average. There's a gap. There's a 200-period moving average. There's overhead resistance. Here's the interesting thing. If we can get through here and begin to trade higher in the financials, that's going to be a sign and a signal that markets are likely going to trade higher. If the financials get stuck in the mud, if it appears that we're in quicksand and they can't get going, that's also a sign and a signal that we have to have on our table. It has to be a puzzle piece. It is on the table. I'm watching the financials very, very closely. They're a key indication. The energy sector is a key indicator. The transports, all of the above. I'm watching all these things very closely. You can see, as we get deeper in time and closer in price, you can see what I'm zeroing in on every single day. I'm watching all these things very, very closely. Here's another one. The Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. This is the ETF, SMH. Here, we're on a breakout. So it's not the financials. This looks different. This is a proxy for the tech sector. So we know the tech sector is strong. The financials either need to play catch-up or are foretelling of something else to come. These are divergences. We need to pay attention to both. One will end up telling the correct story and one will end up playing catch-up. We have to watch them both. We have to have an open mind. We don't need to have preconceived ideas. Before we move on, I want to point something out that is in direct relation to preconceived notions or preconceived ideas. Here's a chart of the S&P 500. It's squeezed down so we can see more time. So here's the point that I want to make. Preconceived ideas. How many people at the time thought this would be an ultimate top? Or this? Or this? How many people thought the market was going down farther when it was over here on the left. Farther than that. Farther than that. Farther than that. We know what it felt like at the time. How many people thought the market was going higher here rather than topping out? Most people, most will call them retail traders, most TV pundits, most mutual fund managers, most people do the wrong thing at the wrong time because we have short-term memories. We think what happened most recent will continue to happen. Therefore, we tend to lose sight of the big picture. I'm trying to bring some of the big picture to you so that we don't lose sight of the day-to-day stuff. We need both, but we want to have a realistic and rounded view of the whole thing. We want to look at everything from a number of different lenses along the way. Talking about putting things in perspective, we'll just leave it with this today. Remember the media frenzy about the inverted yield curve. Remember what we discussed at the time. Remember what we said was likely going to be the top in bonds. We used TLT as a proxy We said around 127, and we looked at the yield chart at the same time, and I'm just trying to put together the big picture, the media, the pundits. Most people are wrong most of the time. When things seem like they can only get better, that's usually the end. When things seem like they're going to get a whole lot worse, 
it's usually not going to get too much worse from there. And use the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, using that rule of thumb will work out. 20% of the time, something else is boiling up. And we'll leave it there today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.